Welcome to the podcast on Friday, February 7th. I'm Connor Green, as we have a lot of stuff to talk about on the podcast today. We have the Mets and their deal with Steve Cohen falling through. We have the Knicks getting Leon Rose as their new team president. More reaction to that. And A.J. Hinch talking about the Astros cheating scandal and whether or not that will ever be wiped away. When you look back at the history of baseball, that's all up on the podcast today on Friday, February 7th. Well, when you look at the hiring of Leon Rose as the new team president of the New York Knicks, a lot of people are surprised because he's only a player agent and has never been tasked with being in this position in the history of his career. He's only been in charge of negotiating contracts, of dealing with players as they attempt to move out of a situation and go to a new team. But now we see him hired for a role that he has never really had to fulfill in his career. But the reality is that's really the new trend in the NBA. You know, when you look at the NFL, it's all about the young offensive genius as the new head coach, the Sean McVay prototype. You see Sean McVay get hired. The Rams have a lot of success with him. Then you move over and you try to hire a guy like Zach Taylor. The Bengals, they bring him in because he's a young guy and a part of that Sean McVay coaching tree. So in the NFL, it's all about the young offensive genius. In baseball, it's all about analytics. Launch angle. We want to hit home runs. We want power pitchers that have the ability to strike out a lot of batters because they see value in that as opposed to traditional baseball metrics and things like stolen bases and dive in a lot of runs and change the game with one swing. In basketball, teams now want player agents with relationships to players. Guys like Bob Myers and Rob Palinka. And the reality is, those two guys have had a lot of success with their two franchises. Bob Myers gets brought in with the Golden State Warriors, and they turn into one of the most successful teams in the history of the NBA. Bob Myers is able to convince Kevin Durant to go to Golden State when they were already a 73-win team. They bring in Kevin Durant. Bob Myers is able to convince Durant to go there. And you have one of the most dominant teams in the history of the league. Rob Palinka goes to Los Angeles. The Lakers were bad. And LeBron James. You get those two guys and all of a sudden, the Lincoln Conference Finals this year. And you can make a good bet that we'll see them in the finals. Guys who were former agents who come in and have immense success with their franchises. So a lot of teams around the NBA, they look and they say, well, they had good relationships with players, and that's the reason why they came in and had such success and were able to get players like Kevin Durant and like Anthony Davis and like LeBron James. So we should do the same thing and hope that our guys' relationships with players around the league is able to convince them to come and play with our franchise. Good relationships, in the end, are why the Nets got Kevin Durant 
and Kyrie Irving. It's why they were able to make the big splash in the offseason while the Knicks were left in the dust once again trying to piece together a team that they hope could win 30 games. And right now with this trajectory, they're not even going to get that. They were not able to land the high-priced guy. And you can look at the Nets and say, well, so far it hasn't worked out. Well, of course, because Kevin Durant has not played a game yet. The optimism really shines through next season when you're going to have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the floor at the same time. Once that happens, the Nets immediately become contenders in the Eastern Conference and will be a force 21. Good relationships in the end were why the Nets will be an NBA title contender as early as next year. So when the Knicks look around, they see... There's no reason why we can't contend for a lot of these players. In the end, the Knicks should be a hotbed destination for superstars across the league. When you see a three-player dynasty get built in Miami, Miami's a great place, one of the most booming cities in the world, but New York City is also one of the biggest destinations for anybody who has a great career not only in life, but in basketball. There are tons of players that would love to play in New York, but in the end, they don't feel comfortable enough with the Knicks front office in the past and with James Dolan, which in the end deters them from going to the Knicks. It's why Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving chose Brooklyn as opposed to Manhattan when picking their destination in New York. They wanted to play there, but they didn't feel comfortable enough with James Dolan and Steve Mills and Scott Perry to make the decision to go to the Knicks. So, what does a guy like Leon Rose then bring to the franchise? He brings credibility with players around the league who know him, have a good relationship with him, even if they haven't worked directly with him, they know guys like LeBron James and Carl Anthony Towns and Allen Iverson and Chris Paul have worked with him and like him. And in the end, that creates a destination where they might want to go because if those guys work with Rose, if they like Rose, if they trust him, then I think I'm in a position where I can trust him as well. Because in the NBA, it's a player-driven league. The players, in the end, make the decision where they want to go. And a lot of times now, you have teams that are not good for a while, and then a couple of guys just decide, hey, we want to play there. And immediately, your team goes from being completely irrelevant to being contenders for the NBA Finals. The Lakers, again, from 2013 to 2019 were one of the worst teams in the NBA. People were trying to figure out how they can turn things around, and you got to build through the draft, and you got to find talented young players. The Lakers, one of the most historic NBA franchises in the history of the league, alongside the Celtics, were bad for six years, could not have any success, could not find the recipe to win games, and what happened? Overnight, LeBron James goes there, 
they immediately get credibility. Now, they didn't win in their first year with LeBron, but LeBron's presence is what brought in Anthony Davis, and now you see win after win and them likely being in the NBA Finals this year. It does not take much to turn around an NBA franchise. All you need is that one superstar to create a launching point for you to then attract other free agents to go there. LeBron James with the launching point to get Anthony Davis, and now the Lakers are where they are. It does not take all that much. And if you're the Knicks, you say Miami's a great place, you say Los Angeles is a great place, but so is New York. We cannot be losing high-priced, big-time superstars to Los Angeles, to Miami, to other places. We cannot lose Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving who wind up going to the Brooklyn Nets. We need to be able to land these sorts of free agents and bringing in Leon Rose establishes a relationship in which they can do that. And bringing in William Wesley, World Wide West, only adds to that. You have two guys who have relationships with players around the league where all you need is one superstar to decide, you know what, it's been a long time since the Knicks have been good. I think I'm going to go there and be the guy that turns things around. Just like in the Red Sox in the early 2000s, everyone on that team wanted to be the reason why they broke the curse of the Bambino. You can have superstars that realize the Knicks haven't been good in a long time, and they can be the reason why things turn around. And Leon Rose and World Wide West have the relationships to bring those players in. It's the new trend in the NBA in a lot of ways for good reason. And now the Knicks are starting to build an organization in which in the future they can possibly bring in some high-priced free agents. Now let's turn to the Steve Cohen news. The deal officially fell through, meaning that he's not going to buy an 80% stake in the team. And what this means is that we're going to be stuck with the Wilpons for the foreseeable future. Because in this deal, the Wilpons truly never wanted to get rid of control of the team. What they really wanted is they wanted Steve Cohen to come in and finance the team while they, in effect, ran the organization. So, to find a buyer who's going to be okay with this to begin with is going to be nearly impossible. In the end, they're going to do their best to finance the team and sell whatever shares they have to, probably now without losing majority control, because no financier is going to come in and want to get majority control of the team but then not be able to control it while Jeff Wilpon is in the end running everything. It's going to be nearly impossible to find that situation. So the Wilpons are in a situation now where they're likely going to have to just get by with the situation they're in because they don't want to give up control of the team and nobody is going to give them the money and let them stay in control. From a fan's perspective, that's not what you want. But can you really blame Jeff Wilpon 
Can you really blame the Wilpon family for trying to finesse this ridiculous deal with these types of parameters? They have one of the greatest assets in the world, the New York Mets. If you live in New York, there's only a limited number of franchises available. There's the Nets, there's the Knicks, the three most attractive options are the Giants, the Knicks, and the Yankees. Those teams are not changing ownership anytime soon, so when you get a chance to buy the Mets, you're going to have to pay through the nose to do it. And when you own the Mets, there's really no reason why you would want to sell. The Wilpons have one reason why they want to sell, and it's because of bad finances. They don't have the money right now. But in the end, do you blame them for trying to maintain control over one of the best assets in the world and one of the greatest assets in sports? How can you blame them for wanting to keep control? From a fan's perspective, you want them to sell, but you can't really blame them for not actually going out and selling the team. Especially since somebody like Jeff Wilpon has never really had another job in his life. A Mets employee recently said to the New York Post, this guy has never done anything in his life but work for his dad. So he's not going to want to all of a sudden then move out of one of the most fun businesses to work in, which is sports, and have an ownership stake in the Mets, and a controlling position in the Mets, and then have to go work in real estate or in finance. Of course he's not going to. So anyone they try to find to buy the team, they're going to try their best to stay in control because it's not like they can't find other people to buy ownership percentages in the Mets. The reason this Cohen deal almost went through is because it seemed as though Steve Cohen was okay with them remaining in control until he really found out what it was they were looking for, which it was him paying for the team, them running the team. Then he was like, forget about it. I'm out. Your only hope as a Mets fan in this situation at this point is that the Wilpons financial situation improves because they're not really opposed to spending money on the Mets. We saw in the mid-2000s them be okay with spending money on the team. After the Bernie Madoff scandal hit, that entire situation changed. So your only hope at this point is that they figure out how to get out of this financial stress that they're in and then go back to spending a good amount on the Mets. Because in the end, the odds that they sell this team outright at this point and don't try to finesse the new buyer into remaining in control of this franchise is slim to none. They want to remain in control they want to continue to be at the forefront of the Mets organization. And in the end, you can't really blame them for that. It might be a cheesy move to try to swindle somebody to basically pay for the team while you run it. But if you were Fred Wilpon, if you were Jeff Wilpon, wouldn't you try to do the same thing? And that's why we're going to be stuck with the Wilpons for the foreseeable future because they truly have no plans of relinquishing control of the New York Mets. Well, that wraps up the podcast here on Friday, February 7th. I'm Connor Green. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about this situation with the Knicks, with the Mets, 
how the Knicks can turn things around. And in the end, we'll have to wait and see. But we'll also talk about tomorrow the Astros and their cheating scandal. A.J. Hinch, apologetic. That's all up on the podcast tomorrow. I'm Connor Green.